Ladies and gentlemen, I have forgotten to say gentlemen, and I know we do have some gentlemen listeners. You are important and value to us. A welcome to you all. This is Homemaker Chic Podcast, where we are rescuing the art of the daily grind with red lips. We're rescuing what? the art of homemaking. Yes, that's what we're rescuing. From <laughs> said daily grind. What day is it? <laughs> Yelled it. <laughs> I am your host, <laughs> Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. Once again, joined by Angela. What's your last name? What's your breed? I'm kidding. Angela Parisian Reed, farm a Parisian girl. farm girl. We are your hosts and we are going to have some fun today. We have a surprise for you. This uh, is a big leap. Are deal. you sweating? I'm sweating. <laughs> I got the I got the interview sweat. The interview Shay. sweats. I put extra deodorant yes. on. I'm pitting out. We had so I got a sleeveless dress on. <laughs> You're brave. You got I sleeves. I do have I'd sleeves. Be. I'm wearing Stuart's uh, white dress shirt because I thought it looked proper. And do I look proper? <sighs> You're wearing your husband's clothing again. <laughs> Didn't you yes. do that in season one? It's a nice white shirt, don't you think? Okay. Get your own. <laughs> Shove it. <laughs> Get your own from uh, maybe from our advertiser yes. today. I well, don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Do they make sure it's like this? This one's pretty comfortable because he's been wearing it for like 15 years. So it's really worn in. They specialize in comfortable clothing. <laughs> well, we are excited to be here with you today. And in the spirit of better, not more, we encourage our listeners to buy less. This will make you happy. This will make your bank account happy. This will make the aroma of your home happy. Buy better. Buy once. Buy good. Don't be throwing garbage away. This is how we create a yummy, rich, good, fruitful home environment. And it's in that spirit that we very carefully select our advertisers and today's episode is brought to you by 956studio.com. That's nine, N-I-N-E, five, six, like the numbers, studio.com. This is a Wisconsin-based company. This is sustainable luxury loungewear. Shay needs some for sure. I do she need some. 956 <laughs> white blouse. This is for work at home mamas just like Shay and I and home buddies just like Shay and I. Chic, comfy styles that you need to look and feel your best. Now, this company was started by a mom who knew that she needed to be effective in her own home. She was wearing her sloppy gear and she realized, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Ignore me. She realized that she needed to take it up a notch. So I love this. So she started her own company. This loungewear is ethically produced in the Midwest, sewn from organic cotton, grown in the USA, garment dyed with very low impact dyes, non-toxic dyes, and shipped in eco packaging. You can use the coupon code CHIC20 to get 20% off. I swear you need the wrap blouse. It's so mm-hmm. cute. I love a wrapped dress or a wrapped blouse. It's nice. For sure. I also love nine, how... Spell it out. 956. Okay, go ahead. Studio.com <laughs> with the coupon code CHIC20. What was that, Shay? Well, I was loving... You know, we were talking to Meg about this and she talked about how these pieces that she creates are so good for a capsule wardrobe. And that's exactly how yes. I think of them because they're very versatile. So they're the type of kind... They're the type of pieces where you could have one, but you could wear it 
10 different ways. Clothing like that mm-hmm. is so valuable. It could be dressed up. It could be dressed down. So they're super versatile. And like you guys know, I don't have very much room in my closet. So I really value pieces like that. I will go ahead then and segue into the love comment. Unless you have any with the love anything comment. else that needs to come out. OK. All right. Here we go. No, I'm good. <laughs> this is a message, a private message we got over on Instagram. If you don't follow us there, please do at Homemaker Chic Podcast. This is from Sophia Diaz. And this is what she says. Dear friends, hmm. can I call you friends? I'm sure I can. Yes. And I'll explain why. <laughs> I wait for your podcasts eagerly and not because you give voice to my thoughts or because I agree with you, because often I don't, (laughs) but because you challenge me to check myself, to check for being present, for putting love and grace into my every action or even thoughts, to be creative and especially grateful. And so I listen and go on on my day having this amazingly fun conversation with you in my mind, explaining my points and disagreement and supporting you every time you are struggling as we do with friends. Do you feel it? I am sure you do. Just tell me you. Our conversations are fruitful and I find myself being stronger and a better person because of them. Thanks. Thank you, Sophia. And I love that because that is what we are missing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Soapbox moment. Non-homogenization. Exactly. People are meant to be different. People are meant to explore different thoughts and have different opinions. And the very best thing we could do is to have lively conversations about those things and still love each other at the end of it. I love that. And I love that. That's great. We can be in the presence of people who disagree with us. We disagree with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of our listeners disagree with a lot of what we say. Um, and that's great. That is freedom, ladies and gentlemen. The more ideas, the better. Hello. Right? Yes, I love that. I um, This is a slight, slight rabbit trail. I've been watching this show on Netflix called Home Team. Home, home Game. Sorry, mm-hmm. Home Game. And it's about these different sports that people will play around the world or different things that they do for sort of physical entertainment. So, you know, it's there's the Scottish game. So they go into like the history of those and how those became a thing. Um, There's deep sea diving in the Philippines. Okay, Okay, so like you they live in the ocean. There are these nomadic people that live and they free dive. Um, There's one I didn't even know that this country somewhere like around Mongolia area and they do these battles on horseback and throw a dead goat into this big pit like this is their this is their home game but you know it's funny because every single team no matter where they are in the world no matter what game they're playing there's one sort of mission they all have to live by and that's it's like it's not a man it's not one person it's the team like The Mm -hmm. team is a unit. The team is a whole. The team is stronger when they operate as a team. No one man wins the show ever. And um, I loved that. That was like the message I needed to hear. Like, listen, disagree. Sure. But be on the same team. You know? Yeah. That's my. Okay, I'm off the soapbox now. Go watch it. It's really fun. It's really, really fun. (laughs) Go watch it. It was great. So. Since we're all on the same team. I think we need to dance. I think we need to dance. Team dance party. Cue the wine music. 
cue the swanky wine music because today is a good day. Today's today an we are interviewing. Are we are we sharing? Are yes, we doing do this? It. Let's do it. Okay. We introduced uh, in season two that we wanted to bring some people in. Uh, to discuss some things. And we brought Jennifer Scott in of The Daily Connoisseur a couple weeks ago, and you guys went crazy for that interview. Uh, I think there is a piece of all of us that's really wanting some class right about now. (laughs) Uh, You know what else we want, Angela? We want wine. (laughs) Yes, we do. So instead of our What We're Sipping segment today, you notice our wine music's still going, and that is because... We are going to be interviewing the man himself, Todd White, the founder of Dry Farm Wines. Now I'm dancing. I'm still dancing. Still really excited to bring Todd on because we are we want to pick his brain. Like he was on the top of our interview list for people that we wanted to jump into their mind. We want to hear what's going on with wine and why it's going this way. So should we get into it? We should. Let's bring him on. All right. Hi, Todd. Hello there. How are you? Good. How are Morning. you? Awesome. Thanks. Good. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Todd, first off, you should know that you're in really good company because I am assuming that you love wine and we love wine. And we're actually both small farmers in really little unique pockets of the country, we like to think. So we are already, you know, sort of geared towards this organic farming, biodynamic, Mm -hmm. sustainable kind of a view. So this is why we so we're so excited to have you on. And we firmly believe in what Dry Farms is doing and are just anxious to unpack that with you today. Because even though we do our dry segment, like there's just not enough time. (laughs) There's not. Nice. Yes. Excited to be here. I didn't know you were a small farmer, though. That's kind of cool. Shay is in Washington State, and she's uh, near the Columbia River Valley in Orchard Country. And I am in Door County, Wisconsin, also Orchard Country. And we both raise our own dairy, our own meat, our own produce. And so it's very it's been very easy for us to stand behind Dry Farm Wines and what you guys are promoting. And your passion has become our passion. Our listeners have responded phenomenally yeah (laughs) so todd would you tell us very simply why why do we want these wines let's just start right there well i mean the story is really very similar the why is because of money and greed (laughs) now let me explain that no it makes total sense (laughs) yeah money and greed see the same thing that's happened to our food supply has happened to our wine supply. So there's been massive corporate consolidation around money and greed, not trying to make wine better, safer, or healthier, but they make wine faster and more profitable. And they use chemicals in farming and additives in winemaking to make that happen. So here's what's happened. There are the top three wine conglomerates in the United States make 52% of all the wine. So when you go in the grocery store or you go in a bottle shop and you see all those hundreds or thousands of bottles lying down on a long shelf, more than half of those wines are made just by three companies. And the top 30 companies in the United States made over 70% of U.S. wines. Now, here's the problem with that. The problem is that they're selling a story that's not true. 
so they're selling a story that you're drinking from a farmhouse or a chateau that you see on the label. The fact is you're drinking from massive wine factories located in Central California. Most of them are located here. And so this, these marketing conglomerates, these multi-billion dollar companies hide behind tens of thousands of labels and brands to confuse consumers. So, you know, you think that you're drinking from this little farmhouse. In fact, that's the way they market it. But in fact, you're drinking from these wine factories. And here's the big, dirty, dark secret of the wine business. And that is that additives, there's 76 additives approved for the use in winemaking. Now, these don't make wines better or healthier or safer. They make wines faster and more profitable and with less risk. Now, these 76 additives have been kept a secret by the wine industry for decades until I came along. And how that happened is with lobby money paying off politicians in Washington, D.C. to keep contents labeling off of wine bottles. So wine is the largest food product that doesn't have a contents label on it because they don't want you to know what's in it. They want you to believe that it's fermented grape juice. In fact, that's not true. So that's what's wrong with commercial wines. What we sell and drink are natural wines. And natural wines are always organic or biodynamically farmed. And biodynamic farming is a prescriptive advanced form of organic farming. And they're additive free. And so they don't contain any of these 76 additives that can be used, these chemicals that can be used in the, in the winemaking process. And thirdly, and uniquely, and importantly, they are also fermented with wild native yeast. See, on the skin of every grape berry in the world at the time of harvest is native yeast. It's indigenous to the vineyard where the grape was grown. It's collected through the air. And whether it's a commercial grape or, 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 or an organic grape, it doesn't matter. They always have yeast on the skin. It's a white, waxy-looking, kind of a waxy-looking whiteness that's on the skin of the grape. And that wild native yeast <clears throat> is what's used to ferment natural wines. Uh, commercial wines are always fermented with genetically modified, lab-grown commercial yeast. And the reason that you do that is because it's much, it's much easier to work with the lab-grown yeast. It's less risky. You can't make wine in very high volumes using the native yeast. It's just too temperamental, it requires too much attention. So they modify these yeast in order to make them stronger and sturdier and easier to work with. So that's kind of what's wrong with commercial wine and, and why, in addition to the alcohol in it, in addition to sugar. So you may know we lab test every wine for a number of things, including sugar and alcohol. So these, these native yeast are, are difficult to work with and they're temperamental. And you can't make wine in very large quantities. So that doesn't really work well for, they also don't, they also won't withstand a high alcohol environment. So we were talking about lab testing. Mm -hmm. So 
we lab test wine for alcohol. We don't sell or drink anything over 12.5%. Most of the wines I drink are between 9 and 11%. I like the taste of lower alcohol wines. They make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is a dangerous neurotoxin. This surprises people to hear the wine guy say that alcohol is a dangerous neurotoxin. The fact of the matter is that it is. <laughs> so what you want to do is drink lower alcohol wines. Doesn't mean you won't get high. Don't worry. It just means that your high will be different and that your negative remnants of excess alcohol will be much lower. And you, as you know, you guys drink our wines. You feel mm-hmm. better. Yeah. It's completely different. It's completely different. We were talking about this the other day, sort of just this, you know, being a homemaking, primarily female audience, there's this um, female wine culture, you know, girls get together on Friday night, they buy the biggest, cheapest bottles of Chardonnay that they can. And, you know, it's, it's like a different mentality. Um, It's sad because wine's got everybody's packed on 20 extra pounds of sugar weight. Exactly. (laughs) And, and, and subsequently wine and females consuming wine has gotten a bad rap. There's a stereotype. So I love everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, so the way red wines are made today in commercial wines, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's difficult for many women to drink them, right? So women will often, and they think it's sulfites. That's not true. They believe that's what it is. That's the most commonly held myth. It's, it's not actually sulfites in most cases. Most people are, don't have any reaction to sulfur. But because you'll often hear women say, oh, I can drink white wine, but I can't really drink red wine anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's not true for our wines because of the way that they're made. The way red wines are made commercially um, exacerbates the biogenetic amines, tyramine, and histamine. That's what makes most women feel bad from drinking red wine. Can can I ask you a question on that? This is really interesting that you mentioned this and this might not, it could go somewhere. Um, so I live on the Columbia River and this is actually wine country in Washington. We produce a lot of wines here. Uh, I can't drink them. And I went to a winery not long ago and had a glass of red wine. And within about three sips, my ears were itching. And I find this to be true over and over and over again from commercial wines. It makes the insides of my ear itch. Is that the histamine? It is. It's the, it t- that is crazy. It's I the, thought it was crazy. Um, in most cases, it causes itching. It causes tightness in the frontal lobe. It causes mm-hmm. splotchiness. It causes some people to, um, to sneeze or to have sniffles. These are all biogenetic amines. And they're, wow. they're, you don't have that. You don't have that with our wines. No. Yeah, I mean, you drink you drink red wine from us, right? Right. But here's the thing. Like, I am to the point now, like I've I've been a customer for a couple of years now and I, I travel with my wines and I always bring when I'm going to somebody's house for supper. I bring a bottle uh, and not, you know, it's like, hey, I brought us a bottle. Let's open it up because I this is going to sound snobby and I'm sure you have to deal with this all the time but like i don't want to drink those wines they're wines there's well, you don't want to drink wine and feel bad i don't want i'm not interested right. i'd rather just have a beer or a right. glass or of just, water <laughs> yeah just not drink at all yeah um what <clears throat> why because because i'll tell you something else when i started to drink dry farm wines i had to readjust my palate because what i thought a red wine tasted like was not, not what, real wine tastes like. what red wine yeah. tasted like from dry farms and 
it only took me a couple of bottles and now it's like I can't tolerate anything else. It tastes so syrupy. Right. What so is that? Well, it's called extractions. Hmm. And also higher sugar. And yeah. higher sugar byproducts like glycerol that give wine <laughs> that long syrupy finish, right? Yeah. What people call a long finish. Well that that's actually a, a high sugar byproduct. <laughs> and so the the other thing is extraction is done with red wine. Extraction is the maceration period. So how red wine gets its color is from contact with the skins because mm-hmm. the ju- juice is clear from a red wine grape mm-hmm. as it is from white wine grape. It gets its color and tannin structure from contact with the skin. But here's the problem. Commercial winemakers extract this color that creates a whole lot of issues with the wine. They, so Americans believe that the darker a red wine is, the better quality it is. Now, there's no truth to that statement. However, <laughs> They do, though. It's true. They, they, they look at, they would call <laughs> yep. it thin or something. They think like that that deep yeah. garnet color indicates quality. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a widely held myth. I would tell you just the opposite is true. <clears throat> but in order to get wine darker and to have it have that body of darkness like that, you um, it comes from soaking the skins longer, creating an extraction that we, we believe is part of what makes you feel bad. The mm-hmm. other way to get color in it is to use the leading color agent, which is an additive called Mega Purple. No way. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like so against food know, coloring and everything. I know. We're just like listening with our jaws dropped. <laughs> it's the number one selling color additive in wines. I don't know if you've from commercial wines. This won't happen from dry farm wines because there's no color agents in it. But And as you'll notice, as you've noticed, I'm sure, over time, that... Our wines are lighter in color, massively lighter in taste. Yes, right. And part of that is because they're lower in alcohol, and part of it is because they don't have these extractions, and they certainly don't have any color agents in them. So, but the I don't know if you've seen you won't have this effect from our wines, but it's quite common when you drink commercial wines that you can get purple teeth or purple lips. Yeah, I have family members who are very prone to that. They just look. That is crazy. That's disgusting. I and know, crazy. Just, I feel so violated and angry. And, you know, it's like. You should be angry with Washington because they're enabling this. They are. Well, it's our same anger with like the food industry. Yeah. 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 If you choose to drink this color agent or, you know, should you choose to drink a highly toxic additive like dimethyl dicarbonate? which if you look it up on Wikipedia, it will say hazard colon toxic, right? If you choose to drink these things or glyphosate or, you know, any number of other toxic chemicals found commonly found in wines, if you choose to drink that, I, I think that's okay. If you make that choice, you should have that freedom, but you should know what you're drinking. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So you should, you should have, that information if you people buy packaged food every day with color agents in it and preservatives and chemicals right every single day right and they're okay with that for me i'm not okay with it 
Right. But <laughs> for people who are okay with it, I think they should drink and eat what they like. But you should have but you should transparency know. Yeah. to know what you're putting in your body. Well, right? at, I choose to live a lifestyle and yeah. choose a lifestyle. And so right. I want to know what I'm putting in my body. Well, I mean, that's why we had to become farmers. It because, is. It was quality know, I, control. Yeah. Yeah. I had worked in the meat industry, actually. I went to school for beef production, got into the commercial beef industry and thought, oh, this is no place that I belong. And and same right. kind of thing. Like, where's the label of origins? And, you know, what's behind this beef? Same went for milk. You know, what's in my dairy products? And, you know, the way even even if they're required to label, the way that they can label things is very deceiving. Deceptive. Yeah. So the natural flavors, you know, quote mm-hmm. natural flavoring. It's like, right. well, uh, what's that? <laughs> what's Not that so exactly? Much. And um, it felt like the only way we could really control to support our lifestyle was to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was so happy. We actually started to grow wine grapes because we both felt so terrible when we would drink wine, but we both loved wine. And when we went to Europe, we didn't feel that way. Not on every wine, but a lot of the wines we drank not, over not there. All European wines were yeah. created equal. So right. the, mm-hmm. the natural wine movement, I mean, natural wine is a very confusing term to consumers. They're like, aren't all wines natural? No, they're not for the reasons yeah. I've already told you. So, but natural wine is a category of wine. It's a, it's a, it's a known category. It's an international standard. Mm-hmm. Certification for it yet. Now, dry farm wines, we certify wines that must meet all of our criteria, which is over and beyond just being natural, but it begins with being natural. So that's why you have to lab test all your stuff yourself. Right. Because there's, okay. okay. We inspect farms and while we're in Europe all the time, and there are no domestic wines. We don't sell domestic wine. There are no domestic wines that meet our standards of purity and health. Not any. No, none. None. So for any number of different reasons, the primary reason is that they're irrigated. So over 99% of U.S. vineyards are irrigated. We don't allow any irrigation in farming, hence the name of our company, Dry Dry Farming means no irrigation. So almost, you can say nearly all U.S. vineyards are irrigated. There's a handful of dry farmed. But then it goes beyond that. Then the winemaking style in the United States doesn't make wines at 12.5% or below, mm-hmm. typically. Mm-hmm. Right? They're mm-hmm. usually 14, 14.5%, 15%. And so that's another reason that they don't meet our criteria. And then, you know, less than 1% of U.S. vineyards are organic, right? So let me address something there because it's kind of confusing. Just because a wine is organic doesn't mean it's natural, but all Mm. natural wines are organic. So if you go into Whole Foods and you see a wine that says organic, that doesn't mean it's natural. That does not mean it's additive free. It just means it was farmed organically. So that's Mm. also confusing. People think, oh, if I buy organic wine, then then I'm safe from these additives. No, Mm -hmm. that's not true. So I am happy to tell you that France just announced about a month ago that they're going to be the first country in the world to certify natural wines. So they'll have a certification for natural wines. Natural wine movement in the United States is very, very, very small, right? Very small. The most natural wines produced in the world grown are grown in in Europe. And then we have four growers in South Africa and Mm -hmm. uh, two in South America. 
So just thinking about South Africa is a great example of how only one-tenth of one percent of wines in the world are natural. So there's no money in making natural wine because you can't make it in very large volumes. And they don't have any marketing budgets, no money in it. And so, which is why our wines are so affordable, right? Our wines average $22 a bottle, you know, plus shipping, which we pay for. But, but the, you know, if, if you look at a country like South Africa, which is a massive country, right? It's huge. And it's a big wine producing country. I think it's the eighth largest producer of wine in the world. And there are only four natural wine growers in all of South Africa. So that's just this. They're very rare, that's but amazing. they're not expensive. Well, you know, my, my <laughs> bottles of dry farm, like I hold them so close to my bosom, like they're my little babies. And like, you know, I love you. If when you come over for dinner, I bring one out because and nice. every sip they take, I'm like, you better enjoy that. Like, you know, <laughs> I, hope no you appreciate, I hope you appreciate it. Right. But you saying that, I mean, it makes me feel that way all the more because it does make mm-hmm. you feel like you have this great gift and you're supporting these farmers, these growers, this, you know, natural wine movement in such a way that's uh, so tangible and so delicious. Are there no, no dry farm growers in the U S none that meet your criteria? None that meet all of our criteria. Come so, on America. That's amazing. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's also the, 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 the other problem, the, 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 the other problem is is price mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. because of the cost of vineyard land in the united states they usually can't even produce a natural wine that see natural wine farming is much more expensive and making natural wines is more expensive than using additives and chemicals so sure they can't even it's just it's not only it's just a whole bunch of variables that um, that go into why the, there's just no domestic wines that qualify for what we do. Yeah. You know, even if there was one, it'd likely be too expensive, right? Just because of the cost of farmland. Most of these vineyards, these small family farms, these natural farmers that we buy wines from or who make wines for us, very small family farms, and most of them are multi-generational, maybe second or third generation. Land has long time been paid for, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and these people are, they're activists. They're like hippies, right? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just, they're living a lifestyle. And as farmers, you'll appreciate this. I mean, they're, it's, it's a way of life. It's yeah. a commitment to the earth. It's a commitment to a way of life. They're fanatical about it. So there's not, you can make okay money. You can't make a lot of money making natural wine. In fact, many of these farms also have other revenue streams. Right. They may have orchards. They may produce mm-hmm. olive oil very commonly in France and Italy as in Spain. You know, olive, is a, it, olive oils are another source of revenue for them. Usually they these are family farms. Everybody who lives on the farm is in the family. Everybody in the family works on the farm. They oftentimes only eat what is produced on the farm or that farm of their neighbors. Right. This is mm. these people are like fanatical. Can we live there? To, can we go? What's that? Can we live there? Right. With can we them? go? Because sounds perfect. <laughs> I spent some time. Uh, I spent some time watching the YouTube channel. Your YouTube channel yesterday. It's got beautiful videos and just showing the families and their passion for handing down the farms to their children. And you can and like you know, when they talk about it. Yeah, they you can. About, 
you, you can feel when they talk about the, the importance of organic farming, the importance of natural wine, why, what it means to them, right? So you can feel, mm-hmm. you can feel them talk about, you know, why would we, why would we use chemicals with our children here? Right. Mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, so it's, it's, it's more, it's not marketing spin. This is like, like, you know, people think, oh, you know, I'm sure this is like, this guy's trying to sell wine. It's like, no, it's not about that. It's about yeah. a lifestyle. It's about a lifestyle we live. It's about a lifestyle that the, my family at yeah. Dry Farm Wines lives. It's about, you know, it's it's a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we, we, we all get choices in life, right? And so I choose to live this way. I choose to do business with people who live this way. Yeah. You know, and, and fortunately, one of the greatest you know, one of the greatest things for us and what we do is that we get, you know, this deep satisfaction. Normally we're in Europe, like we, I would be in Europe right now, right? We're in Europe most of the year. I was in Europe 200, more than 200 days last year. So, you know, usually we'd be spending time with, with families there and traveling from farm to farm. And so you, you know, one of the greatest aspects of what we do was that well, we're the largest natural wine buyer in the world. And we get to have this relationship with 700-ish families that enabled them to live, to, to we, we're able to provide fair market pricing and, and mm-hmm. enable them to practice their way of life and live comfortably and profitably, right? And so... I mean, we created, you know, this distribution channel of natural wines that didn't exist before. So we're financially supporting hundreds of families, you know, in a very meaningful way. And it enables them to empower this way of life. And in a way where this tradition can carry on, right? A way that winemaking could go on if the additives and, you know, the store shelves go empty. They just march on. You know, that's what yeah. I, that's what I love about these old ways of doing things. It's like, you know what? Yeah, it's harder. So it what? Harder. So what? Like we don't, sh- we, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Like, we don't shy away from stuff because it's hard or that it takes energy because things of value do. That's why people specialize. That's why people get really good at them and do them well. You know, there's something about that that just makes my blood hot in a really good way just like (laughs) march on you know and I love I love that because it takes companies like yours saying you know what here's here's what our necessities are like here's where we won't compromise there are people who will fill that role you know and so getting to partner with all these farms like that allows them to carry on yeah it's been you know we started off you know, I mean, like everybody else, really small and yeah. you know, somewhat struggling. And so, you know, but but we stayed true to our values, you know, of what we believe in, how we operate and the values that we believe in. And, um, and that's, you know, we just fortunately, and we're not alone in this, other companies have done it. Fortunately, we were able to you know, become successful enough to, to prosper and to, you know, become larger and help more people and help more families. And, you know, fortunately we, we have stuck very close to 
these values and you know fortunately for us it's worked out mm -hmm. you know but it they don't make it easy out there <laughs> to do the right thing no right? they don't it's a lot no. easier to do the rules <laughs> yeah for sure all right let's, Chad, i have a question oh, go there, ahead, i, I want to i'm curious about this okay in, you know like say france and italy in particular you know in the last 15 or 20 years we've had this organic movement in the United States where maybe a long time ago, it was just hippies, crunchy people that tried to seek out alternative ways of eating. Is there intrigue around biodynamic natural, you know, uh, wineries in France and Italy? Is there a curiosity? Is there pressure to move in that direction? What do you see the future holding for conventional uh, wineries? Well, I mean, there, there are we are seeing an increase just because there's an increased market demand. Mm -hmm. um, so we are seeing an increase in farms that converting it take five years to convert a farm from, from inorganic to organic farming. So it's also, so I don't, you know, we don't look business, big business is big business. And so again, you can't make natural wine at scale. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, you can't mm -hmm. just like decide to be a big natural wine company. It just doesn't exist. No such thing. Um, once you get a certain volume, you have to start using additives and chemicals to control the environment. That's just, it's just not, it's just not optional. You just have to, you mm -hmm. have to use commercial yeast, right? Because the, 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 fermentation process is too unstable at any significant volume with with native yeast okay and then you have a broken fermentation you could lose a tank of wine or tanks mm -hmm. right? so the risk factor for making wine at scale is too high not using these these chemical additives and also um, native yeast so you're you're not going to see I, I don't think you know Organic is less crunchy and more hipster today, right? Mm -hmm. Less less hippie and more hipster. Mm -hmm. So, but but at scale, that's still not happening. I mean, the people who care about what we care about, who are dedicated enough to it to really care, is a pretty mm -hmm. small number of the population. Pretty small, pretty small amount of mm -hmm. people who really care. Yeah, right. Most people are just caught up in their trauma of thinking, right, and their the, the pressures of their everyday life that they've created from living in an unnatural way. And so, you know, yeah. they don't spend enough time in nature. They don't spend enough time <laughs> in silence. They're constantly caught up in the rumination of the trauma of thinking. And so they can't care about these other things because they're too caught up in their own headspace, right? Primarily from not spending enough time in nature. Right. Todd, I uh, feel like you could be our, our new co-host. I feel like you should be like our third co-host because we're always talking about turning down the noise. And it's, I mean, you are yeah. speaking our language. This is I, fantastic. I, well, I mean, this is the reason yeah. the world has become what it is. It's yeah. Noise, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, and the only way to escape the noise is to find silence. Right? Yeah. And most people just don't find silence. Most of them don't have a high enough awareness to know they need silence. Mm -hmm. right because because the noise is just too high around them yes so this trauma of thinking is what leads them into you know obsessive behaviors that distract them from mm -hmm. their trauma 
or right. drinking, you know, it's really caring about what they put in their body. I was just going to say, or, or just drinking, drinking, you know, six glasses giant. without even tasting it right. as opposed right. to, to intentionally drinking Here, one. Here's what I like yeah. to say about natural wine. It's like, I don't, this is, see, I don't drink to check out. I drink to tap in. Yes. Right? So yes, mm-hmm. yes, so, yes. <laughs> so how you drink and with intention you know, is I want to tap in. I want to tap into that headspace. I want to tap into love. Mm. I want to tap into an energy, right? And when we have alcohol at lower amounts and we get rid of all the sugar and all these additives and we tap into a living product, see, natural wines are still alive. Mm-hmm. They, haven't been, they haven't been sterilized with sulfur dioxide, which is why you'll find some bottle. You know, you'll have bottle to bottle variation or you'll taste some bottles are just kind of have a, a life to them, mm-hmm. almost like a kombucha in some ways. Mm-hmm. Some bottles. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, right. you just, yes, um, it, it's you just have this life or spirit to it. The other thing is that natural wines, the farmer is also the person who fermented it. So one person, one family brought you this energy in the bottle. Right. And so. He says, I want to tap in. And the wine, natural wine, honest wine, real wine, when you share it with other people, you tap in. You don't check out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who drink, particularly people who are caught up in this headspace and this modern way of life that's unnatural, very unnatural, right, are, are drinking to check out. And, and I want to tap in. Tap into love and sharing natural wines with people taps into love. love right. So that's, See, that's kind of where my head's based. I do love them if I give them my wine. I guard it very <laughs> carefully. You'll know how much I love you. All right. I want to, uh, I want to go down the road a little bit because I've always been searching for the right, um, adjective for the wines. Right. Because like you said, each of them are, Unique. I mean, I opened a red the other day and I wish I had the bottle because you probably know exactly what it is. But it was I chose it because it was a twist off and I couldn't find my corkscrew and <laughs> I opened it and it actually popped a little bit. Not like champagne, but it uh, it had like a little bit of carbonation just ever so slightly. It was amazing. But it was that thing like you were talking about. There's this there's this energy here in this wine and it was fabulous, but it's not necessarily just lighter it's not thinner it's but it's so vastly different than commercial wine i don't know the right words to describe it what words do you use it's alive when you get may have a little bit of that what is a little bit of carbonation is post-bottle fermentation that right occurs because the wine hasn't been sterilized yes right so, right so it's because it hasn't been sterilized, it's still alive. It still has living bacteria, and those bacteria are very beneficial to the gut microbiome. Dr. David Perlmutter, who's written two bestseller, New York Times bestselling books on the micro, on, on the gut microbiome, has written twice about our wines. Oh man, they still contain oh. gut-friendly living bacteria because they haven't been sterilized, and so this is just life and energy in the bottle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that life and 
energy can result in post-bottling fermentation because it hasn't been killed, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what you'll get. That no, bring it on. Occasionally. No, I love it. Wine. People love it. Yes. Uh, but so, you know, it's just it's just that the wine is alive. So mm-hmm. natural wines are living wines. That's really the, that's really the, the term okay. we use to describe them. All right. That's what I will use. So when, do you ever interact with people who get started and I know I went through this process and it, it happened really quickly, but you get started and you drink them and you just think, oh my gosh, that's so different than any wine I've had before. And there's this palate adjustment. There is. And, and, and it's for me, it happened instantly because I was not enjoying, you know, fine commercial wines anymore. I just didn't like them. So for me, when I discovered this and I remember this is one bottle that changed my life this one wine that I had at, at the time. I now eat once per day. I've been eating once per day for about three years. So I'm, you know, do a whole bunch of different fasting regimens mm-hmm. for, for health. But at the time I was still eating lunch. This is about six years ago. And I had this German Pinot Noir in Zuni Cafe in San Francisco. I bought it at a natural wine shop and it changed my life. And I was just like, I have to share these wines with the world. Right. And so it's extraordinary wine, but they do taste different. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are accustomed to drinking like big, heavy reds, you know, Cabernets and these big extracted fruit bombs, high alcohol, it's going to taste very different because they're light and fresh mm-hmm. and they taste fresh. That fresh. Right? Fresh is. Exactly yeah. We talked about it. Or, yeah. yeah they taste that's fresh. a good word. Mm-hmm. And so and so but that's the way I eat. Mm-hmm. as well. So I don't want a big, heavy red wine. You know, I want something that's light and fresh, which is exactly the same mirror of the way I eat. Mm-hmm. But yes, there are people, you know, even we call it, do you know who JJ Virgin is? No. Uh, she's a New York Times bestselling. Okay. Diet oh, and- she's on your performance, uh, performance yeah, yeah, yeah. page. Okay. Oh, yeah. Angela, so anyway, we, Angela and I want to know how many bottles of wine we have to drink to get on to the nice. per- we'll performance you leader. Thank we'll you. you. I will oh, drink yeah. as much wine as you need me to drink. Nice. Nice. <laughs> anyway, JJ has a following of a few million people on, and she's, um, she has a big annual health summit called Mindshare Summit. Anyway, we call this effect being JJ'd. And what we mean by that is that we talk about this internally is the JJ effect. So when I first met JJ, we became the official wine for all of her health organizations and this, that, and the other, but she didn't really love the wine. She was like, you know what? I just, I, I gotta have my big California cabs. Mm. And, uh, and this went on for a year or more. She's, you know, we would send her wine. She's like, you know, it's just not, it's not like big and then I think she was traveling for a while and we'd sent her some wine. And so I think she'd had some wine kind of accumulate at her home apparently. And, um, we even, we even did the wine for her wedding. Right. She was <laughs> still like, um, you know, I, I still love my big cowboy. Well, she had some wine. Apparently she drank our wine for a, couple two or three weeks without drinking other wines and then she tried to go back to you know her former 
loves and she's like i can't drink this it's too syrupy yeah you know it's too thick it's too big yeah and so this is the effect it takes some some people it's like instant other people are like but then when you do go back after you drink these wines for a week or two and you go back and you try to drink a commercial wine you can't drink it you can't and you can smell the additives in it too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you thought that's what red wine tastes and smell like but that's Mm -hmm. not what real wine tastes and smell like Mm -hmm. that's like what a commercial manipulated wine that is manipulated to to appeal to the palate of typical americans who eat processed food and who eat in a way that's not reflective of my palate if you stop eating sugar and processed foods and you start eating in a natural way your palate will actually change oh massively so yeah yeah your palate becomes much more sensitive to taste becomes much more sensitive to flavors Mm -hmm. becomes much more or sensitive to nature, mm-hmm. you can taste things, right? Mm-hmm. That a processed food palate, yeah, a heavy sugar palate won't taste because the palate's been deadened and killed. Yeah, just like the way they kill and sterilize wines. And isn't that that tapping in? It's like I can taste now after after being a farmer. It's like I don't eat apples, you know, in March because I know what an apple tastes like from the tree in September. <laughs> And so I'm just, I'm just kind of like, okay, you know, that, that can be that, but, but I wouldn't have noticed that before, you know, it, it does take this sort of tuning in, but that, that's that tapping in that you were talking about, like not eating to, to escape, right. Or just to, to fill a void, but eating to tap into something else, something good and exciting. Yeah. Yes. With an intention of a way of life. Yeah. Right. And that's how we live. And that's how I'm sure not all of our customers live, but many do. I mean, it's 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 tapping into an intention, living a life of intention. And most people are just. Ooh, most people are good just timing. going. Yeah, that was just a, a Google reminder. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I know we're wrapping up on time. So yes, we are. Yes. Here's what I recommend is that you you share wine often with people that you love or people that you've just met who you will love, right? And that wine really elevates the life experience and allows you to tap into more love. And that's the thing I like about wine is that it just elevates love, Mm. right? And we are here on this planet to love and be loved, right? That's our most fundamental need. And if we can find some magical elixir like this natural wine that promotes love, then I think everybody should drink more of it. <laughs> I agree. Drink better, but drink better. Drink better. <laughs> On that note, better, share not more. a penny bottle with your audience. So all they have to do is ryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic <laughs> i love hearing you say the name of our podcast we don't hear men say it very often right <laughs> can you say it again <laughs> that is that fabulous okay so they go there they visit there what is this penny bottle what does that mean well it means they get a penny bottle with their first order oh but it's actually against the law so we charge one penny for one it. penny one hey penny. that is a good deal yes yeah we so. love that. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. This um, I am sweating 
with excitement right now because everything you said is exactly the vein that we drive forward in this podcast, which is better, not more living with intention, even the smallest decisions, like what you serve to drink with your supper. It can seem like such a small thing, but it's those little moments of intentionality that all of a sudden build a life that is peaceful and beautiful and good. And that's what we're so excited to share with our listeners. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I knew this was going to be amazing. I knew you were going to share interesting things. I had, I'm, I'm floored at the, the, just the similar language being spoken. And I know our audience right now is just hanging on the edge of their seat. I mean, that was incredible. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. We know you're a busy man. Yes. We love your company. We love your wines. We're privileged to share them. So, And um, anytime you Thank go you. to Europe and you need some models to go with you and pose in the vineyards, like we will do that for you. you. Come anytime you want. I'm serious. Now I'm going like to cry and I'll keep harvest. sweating with excitement. I've heard that you can do that. <laughs> come anytime you want. As soon as we can get back on a plane. Yes. Go. Okay. We will do this. Year, but uh, we will all be back in the air at some point. Count uh, us in. This is likely to be soon, but yes, but, uh, but at some point. So, hey, thanks for having hey, me. Hey, thanks, Todd. Much. Thank you so much. All Todd. right, we'll chat Thanks soon. Thank you. All right, bye bye. See you later. Thanks, bye. I was just gonna round out this podcast, and like my our jaws are still just we're flushed. We, I'm we flushed. Have the I'm sweating here. We're so bad right now with excitement and adrenaline because. Like we knew that having Todd on was going to be exciting and fun, and you know we'd get to right. ask him these questions, but like. I wish you could have seen this us, is why our, we make these like decisions if we were recording right? our, our mouths were hanging open while he was talking. We probably looked really stupid. I know we probably did look really stupid. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> oh, and Dry Farms did this really cool thing. You know, they talked about that penny bottle that's going to be included with your first order. If you go to dryfarms.com forward slash homemaker chic. But here's something else that's cool. We have a special link for you in the show notes. It's a one or three month temporary subscription. So if you're wanting to try Dry Farms, but you're not sure, I want you to go and click that link because I want you to choose the three month subscription. You get three reds a month for three months. So these are your summer reds. These are those yummy reds. Your picnic reds, I call them. No mega purple. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's why people get red teeth or purple teeth mega purple yeah sick that's gross i don't eat food coloring like i (laughs) avoid food coloring like the plague i had no idea i no i I, didn't know i just i i just think i'm gonna run (laughs) outside and tell joel all about this that was amazing i just can't i I can't get over we're so thankful so yes that's what you need to do you need to go right now and just give it a whirl three picnic reds three picnic reds for three months yeah Give it a try. Just try I want to hear your the JJ effect. I want to hear how that goes for you. I know how it went for me. I know how it, it went for Angela, but I would love to hear your transformation as well. Of course, share that with us over on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast. For this episode, uh, links to Dry Farms, any information you want to know, head on over to our website, homemakerchicpodcast.com. All of this information is over there. Uh, am I missing anything else, Angela? Don't forget that sharing is caring. Yes. So it's your love for the podcast that helps this podcast grow. Be sure to share it on your favorite social media platform or just with a girlfriend over yep. a glass of wine. Tell
tell her what she needs to be listening to while she's folding her laundry or going yes. for a run in the morning. Tell her what for you sure. learned about commercial wine by listening to this podcast. <laughs> Gross her out and then give her the link. There you go. <laughs> Oh, we love this. Thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Please hit us up on social media. We want to hear from you what you guys thought about this. I, I'm going to go dissect and unwind and pour myself a glass. I do believe. Yeah. Don't forget tomorrow is Ultra Feminine Friday. Yes. So show us your stuff. Yes. Whether it's your favorite pair of jeans or your favorite ball gown, hashtag Ultra Feminine Friday over on Instagram. We will share it to the Homemaker Chic Podcast stories. Yes. We love you. We love you. Go sip something wonderful. Yes. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.